Well, welcome to Art Speaks, uh, the William King Museum of Art presentation on WHC in Emory. Uh, and my co-host today is Bessie White, director at William King, and I'll let her introduce our guest today, Suzanne Strike. Thank you, David. Um, yes, our guest today is Suzanne Strike, who is one of our area's um, premier artists. We've known her for many years here at the museum. We've had several exhibitions of her work here over the years, including her recent exhibition called Notes on the State of Virginia, which was an exhibition project uh, named after Thomas Jefferson's um, book of the same name. Your exhibition project, Suzanne, um, took you all over the state of Virginia, just like Thomas Jefferson did. Mm -hmm. And then now you have written this book. The name of this book is The Middle of Somewhere. It's published by the Trinity University Press in Texas. So my question for you is, um, other than welcome to the interview this morning, is this the first time you've ever really accompanied your art with, a, with writing like this? And how does the book complement the exhibition? Well, first I wanna say thank you, David and Betsy for having me today. It's a pleasure talking with you. And in terms of the writing and art, you know, I've been doing it in my sketchbooks for decades. You know, the writing is, is surrounding the images in a very organic way. Um, but it's the first time I've published art and writing together, literally side by side, not a book cover, uh, but literally side by side. And I have the designer, Rebecca Davison, to, to, to thank uh, for doing it in such a natural way. It just has the feeling that it, it is part of the text rather than a picture just next to it. Um, like in Daily Observations, that chapter, there's a spider that crawls out under a leaf uh, in the in the narrative, and there you see it on the page. So it's it's very special for me. So the middle of somewhere really became a hybrid art book and narrative nonfiction book. Uh, you know, with the images and writing working together, very organically. Well, it's just a lovely book, and I have enjoyed um, vicariously roaming all around the state with you in that book, all the way from the Chesapeake Bay up to Burke's Garden out here and White Top Mountain, even the Dismal Swamp. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, yes, it's just a wonderful journey that you took. And I see you were awarded a fellowship to do this by the Virginia Commission for the Arts. Congratulations right. on that. Thank you, yes. Did you have a favorite place or two when you were, when you were there? Well, I can't say favorite. It's sort of like, you know, which child is your favorite? You can't really say. Uh, every place, uh, and I would be sort of contradicting my theme if I said one was better, but I will say there were some surprises. Um, Burke's Garden, you mentioned, that was a real surprise. And, and the experience there I had with the Raven, people will have to read the book to find out about that story. But uh, maybe the barrier islands around the Eastern shore were a, a, a great surprise. They're so untamed, so wild. But when I went out with the Nature Conservancy guide, Barry Truitt, he was telling me all about the human history on each of the islands, and it has just vanished. The communities, the fishing lodges, gone. And, and it's been taken over by the native plants and animals and sea turtles nesting there. And it was just, oh, well, this is incredible, you know, and, and, and it, my saying that actually brings me to another point, And that is that the guide led me to see things that I 
wouldn't have seen before. I mean, I could have done research, but when you're out there with somebody who's an expert, it's it's brings you to a different level of understanding. And then I would also kind of daydream about my childhood or what I would think, you know, uh, if I lived there. And so the, the book became about place and about how I enter a place, a combination of facts, what the guide is telling me, what I'm seeing as an artist, what I'm sketching and memories, memories of childhood or memories of the history I've read about the place. And they all kind of intersect and weave together. They're not separate. And I think if, if, I, if there's a, a takeaway in terms of traveling about this book, just, just the, if you thought of it as a guide to tra how to travel, it's to let yourself really enter a place with the fullness of what you know and what you see and absorb new facts and new landscapes. Well, it sounds like it was fairly spontaneous, but did but you mentioned the word research a second ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you do a lot of research before you took off or did you let it be just sort of wandering from place to place as, oh, as the spirit moved you? No, it, it was all very intentional um, that I researched uh, where I was going to go first. And Bill Kittrell, I don't know if anybody remembers, Bill Kittrell used to be the head of the Nature Conservancy in Abingdon, and now he's a field uh, representative in, in for the Nature Conservancy in Charlottesville, and he helped me a great deal, uh, narrowing down which places I would go to. You know, I, obviously, because I live here, I had a lot of places I could think of in Southwest Virginia, and a few, you know, Charlottesville, I could think of a few on the coast, but I had to narrow others down, and um, the ref so I not only did research on that and what I would, where I would go, but also I had to research who I might meet and some of the experiences I mentioned very true it, but when Bobby Klontz, who also is a nature conservancy steward of a piney grove preserve in, in um, Southeastern Virginia, he got up at four in the morning to, to take me out to see the endangered red cockaded woodpecker. I mean, it was incredible that I was there with somebody who just did that for my project. I felt like I was in a Ken Burns <clears throat> film, um, but without Ken and the camera crew, of course. So we had to be there so that we could see the woodpeckers come out of their cavities in the morning. So that involved research about the woodpecker, but then about also who I would meet and um, where exactly I would go. Suzanne, that was one of the things I found intriguing and unexpected about the book was that kind of the social commentary that goes along with it. I mean, you, uh, the <clears throat> foundation is kind of, I'm visiting site and, and these are the things I'm observing, but you introduce the people you're, you interact with and, and kind of get little stories about their lives and their attitudes and so forth, which was, uh, that really added a human aspect to, uh, to what I thought was going to be primarily nature related. Well, you know, that's, that's interesting. You should say it that way because I've had a number of people who know me and my work come up to me and say, oh, th this was different. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? And they said, well, well, there's so many people in it. <laughs> it's like little stories. And I said, yeah, every chapter is a story. Nice. And, and in some of them, you know, many people 
uh, interact. And one, um, the one, let's see, I call it nest building, mm -hmm. nest making. It's me in the studio. So it's, but I'm a character, you know, it's not just me thinking or, you know, talking to, talking to the reader. I'm involving the reader. That was, that was really my goal to involve the reader. Like, okay, you're a friend and you're coming with me and um, I'm sharing all of this with you. Well, Suzanne, is there, is there a spot in there that you might have a favorite little place that you could read us an excerpt of what you're talking about, you know, meeting people and going out? Sure. Um, uh, oh, meeting people and going out. Well, well wait, whatever. I know there was a spot in there about the about the moth. I loved that part about yeah. the moth. Well, yeah. you know, I had to involve art making in every chapter in some way. Now, some of them, like in as I said in the nest making, it's all about art making. Others, you have a spot in it, or I or I refer to it. Um, and this one, I actually describe I describe drawing a moth. And I, uh, so I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to read a little part after it that gets me to the place where I thought of the title. I wrote it before I thought of the title. It just became an important mantra for me, uh, and I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so I start, and I've just I've discovered a moth in the night before, and when I get up, I say, "Morning." Dazzling sun slanted through the cabin window, warming my face as if delivering news that I'd have a clear day for exploring. While the tea kettle boiled, I dashed out to see the moth. It hadn't budged. What seemed a ghostly vision the night before made me smile now, for it tucked its head down as if slightly embarrassed to be a lump of white fur wearing green fairy wings. As I nudged my index finger against its head, it scuttled on, then froze in a I'm a leaf pose as it rode my finger to the wooden kitchen table turned drawing board. A super fine pen line felt thick and clumsy lining those fragile wings. Maybe only paint could do their translucence and soft celadon hairs justice. The moth's large yellowish antenna told me it was a male for those ferny receptors must be long to detect a female's pheromone from miles away. I'd need a pen point the size of an eyelash for those. While I scrawled little golden furred legs, it occurred to me that every molecule in the moth's body came from this very place. The crumbling lime-rich soil, the trickling mountain water, and the walnut leaves his larval self once gobbled. All these for a brief time now shape-shifted into Actius Luna, a method, a member of the Saturnids or giant silkworm moths. Now I'm gonna skip a few paragraphs as I say that the moth will be rested for his expedition after sunset, but now for mine. Along the trail, I collected crusty brown seed pods, beetle husks, and a small bit of bone gnawed by squirrels. Fence lizards fled my clomping hiking boots, dashing up rocks or tree trunks. From the tip of a sapling, a chipping barrel, sparrow, threw it back its rusty-capped head. Chip, 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 chip. I remembered the red-haired cashier at the nearby marathon station, slouching between rows of rental videos, despairing to his buddy that he had nothing to do, that this place was the middle of nowhere. Are you kidding, I thought, but said nothing, swiping my debit card for gas and coffee. Not his fault. We're taught to think that way. What a privilege it is to be astonished by the living world so that every place 
becomes the middle of somewhere. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to have read. Mm, thank you. Yeah, Suzanne, I wanted to ask you if, um, what percent of a year do you think you're actually out in, uh, in doing some specific observations, not, not just your day-to-day, -day, I'm sure you, everything you, every day is some of that for you, but how often do you do, are you actually out in, on a uh, specific nature agenda? You mean in my life or for this, for this project? In your life. Oh, in my life. Well, I try to stay grounded with what I consider my subject matter in my art. You know, I can get I can get very universal in my images, you know, doing um, feathers and vortexes. And it's, you know, and I think, oh, I have to I have to get out and, and hike and see what's under my boots and what's over the head, over my head, chirping or whatever. And I'd say every morning I start with a walk up in the backwoods of my house. And uh, I always see something. This morning, I saw uh, one of those millipedes crawling along the leaf litter, and they're out because it's moist today. And and generally, once or twice a week, I, I get out to a park or a certain special hiking area that a, a friend a friend of mine owns uh, that they let me walk on their land, and I'm knowing it very well. And it, I could even imagine writing a whole book on it. I've done so many sketches there. Well, seems, and then I like to to go up uh, up to Rogers and White Top, the area, you know. Well, it Jefferson seems like um, in in the book that you recognize everything. I mean, you say, "Oh, I see this." I said, "Is do you is that are you to the point in your uh, nature education now that?" You don't get very many surprises when you go out, or are you? You still get surprised. Oh, absolutely surprised, and absolutely stumped by certain birds and uh, creatures. But I have a, a a way of jotting down what I see. I I don't have a, a app on my on a phone that tells me what I'm hearing or seeing. No, I don't have it, one of those yet. But um, so I jot down what I'm seeing uh, and I come back home and look it up in a book or on the internet and just by describing it. And that's actually mm. how I learn. I mean, I've taken biology classes. I've taught in environmental and ecology workshops. I've, you know, gone out with naturalists um, to special places. They know uh, the experts, but the, what, the biggest way I learn is simply by observing things and then looking them up afterwards if I don't know something. Well, let me uh, tell our listeners that they're listening to Art Speaks on WEHC 90.7 in Emory, Virginia. And our guest today is Suzanne Strike, who we're discussing her new book, The Middle of Somewhere, An Artist Explores the Nature of Virginia. So Suzanne, can you tell folks where they might find that book? I know it's just been released a short time, uh, but, uh, and, and what I would encourage, one of the reasons I encourage readers to buy that is that, as you said, each chapter is standalone. It's, it's a good nighttime reading because <laughs> you can do a yeah. chapter, put it down, pick it back up and do another chapter, and you're not <laughs> having to maintain a continuous uh, memory of <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what happened before uh yeah each chapter is is like a little story uh, they are available at the birthplace of 
Country Music Museum gift store. They're available at CDR Frame Shop in Bristol, and they're available online uh, at the, the the press, Trinity University Press website, and in almost every online bookstore. You can, you know, of course, Amazon and, and Target and, and you know, Barnes and Noble Books a Million. They all carry it online. Um, Suzanne? I have one more question for you. Um, one of the things I noticed, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of a, of a lovely image of you sitting in front of um, the Natural Bridge in Rockbridge County. And I know that uh, Natural Bridge itself is something that has been often depicted by many artists throughout the, throughout the ages. Mm -hmm. So there were, other, there were other art history references that I saw throughout the book. Did you do that intentionally or was that sort of spontaneous also? Uh, oh, you know, in my undergraduate degree is actually in art, in art history, uh, and I'm absolutely fascinated by the art of the past and the art of the present, and I put those two things together, and Natural Bridge was really, really special because it, it was a theme for so many artists for centuries. It was, and Betsy, you should know, you curated a show years ago that I saw and um, it was all about artists depicting the natural bridge. And ironically, that there's another show currently uh, uh, on view at the Taubman, put together by the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts about the natural bridge. So when I was there, here I was arranging my pencils and erasers and sharpeners on the stone. And I was thinking about the legions of artists who had sketched at that very site, including Frederick Church and 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 Hicks and so many others. And it symbolized wild America at the time. And here I was doing my own version. And so I, I was part of a lineage, which I don't think I'd ever felt before. Uh, right. And yeah, so so my bridge, when I, when I came to make it in the assemblage for the Notes on the State of Virginia series, I created it with the genome. <laughs> of a swallow I saw swooping inside of it. And I thought, well, that'll be a different take on it. Of course, Thomas Jefferson owned that. So that's another little link to Thomas Jefferson himself. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. something that uh, I was showing your work to someone and they were, of course, remarking, remarking about the detail that you were able to create. And they said, what well, is Suzanne take a camera and take images and then come back and use those as a guide. And I said, I've never heard Suzanne comment on that. So what's your answer? Um, occasionally, I really like to keep that connection between eye and hand and paper. Um, so I actually did sketch that swallow, for instance, I sketched the bridge. And I, then I probably took up backup photos so that if there was something that I was wondering about I could go back and refer to it. Mm -hmm. um, if there's something um, that's moving or big, like uh, you know, coyote or something, uh, I take a picture of it. Obviously, I I, I can do that and and draw from that. Um, so I I would honestly say that I emphasize drawing, but I will use a camera as backup for my for res for the resources from my for my. Uh, finished artwork. Well, Suzanne, what sort of reader do you think will enjoy this book? And you know, what do you hope readers will come away with when they when they finished it? 
Well, I hope a great variety of readers, and and I hope that uh, along with the variety of people who are interested in, say, uh, art, nature, travel, history, and a personal slant on exploring place, I I hope that it's accessible to beginning readers and um, nuanced enough for very experienced readers. So that's that's my hope. And oddly enough, even though it's 100% about Virginia, it's also 100% about traveling, you know, and about living in the world and observing and thinking about um, the past and the present. So I think it appeals to a variety of people outside of the state as well, or not, and not ever planning to go to Virginia. What was the second part of your question? Um, oh. what, do you, what do you hope they'll come away with? Oh, you know, I hope they'll come away with the idea that every place is special and that they have to look for that. Um, that that it it could be a, a national forest and it could be a wild meadow next to their home. Um, there's something to find everywhere. There's some specialness and usually some person who's connected to that place you can learn from and uh, you can observe as well as the natural plants and animals who live there. I'm going to um, re recommend it as a travel guide. Just like we use Francis Mays under the Tuscan sun as a guidebook to Italy, Tuscany, mm -hmm. we just plan on using your book as saying, well, we're going to go past this chapter in Suzanne's book. And so let's go in and see if we can see what she saw. <laughs> well, I hope that if they do that, I hope that they also find something that they um, are fine of interest at that moment, because you could, for instance, go to Burke's garden and not see the ravens I saw, but you could see something else and and develop the idea yourself. And I, I really like that. When, when I did the notes on the state of Virginia, I was always hoping, well, that people, that viewers would make their own notes, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there another little part you'd like to read before we conclude? Um, you know, one of the things that um, that interested me as I made the transition between uh, art and writing, because this is my first book, even though I, I've written a lot in my sketchbook and I, and I have written some art reviews and various things, but this is a whole book. Uh, I, I'd like to read the differences between art and, and writing and why I decided to write this book. And this is from the preface. The painter Milton Avery said, why talk when you can paint? So why do I write when I can make visual art? Because I can express different things with each. Nothing compares with the visceral, intuitive act of smearing viscous paint or arranging some rusty metal with ripped paper to create a suggestive object. Yet nothing compares with chiseling an experience into words. I sit here now tapping on the keys because of the rush I get making a short thought into a long one because of the way habitats and characters, human or non-human, might be resurrected. That's beautiful. Well, it's a beautiful book. Um, thank, thank you so much. Yes, it's a beautiful book. It was a beautiful exhibition that goes with it too. Suzanne, I had wanted to ask you about your early years. What kind of came first to you, your uh, interest in uh, nature or your interest in art? Uh, that yeah, that's a good question. I think that they fed each other, that 
that when you see something in nature, you kind of want to do something about it, do something with it. It's like, oh, that's exciting. You know, that's why some people, they'll take a picture of something, even if they forget that they've taken the picture. Um, I, I started to draw from nature because I was so interested in what I was seeing. So I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, um, but they, they complemented each other. Now, I thought at one time I could go into science and be a field biologist, but I was too interested in interpreting how I responded to the natural world. And so fine art was, was chosen for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you chose that. I, Thank you. I, um, the, um, there's always people that you appreciate their contributions to art, especially in this area, but I, I consider you on a level above that. You, you're a treasure. Oh. For, <laughs> for doing what you do for uh, for both nature and art and uh, and for getting that information out to the public I mean I think uh, I know your exhibit at William King was drew a lot of compliments and uh, I just remember, the first time I saw that I just remember saying you know I'm looking at her field notes and they're just fantastic you know <laughs> <laughs> what can this be what what could be better than the field notes? Uh, as, Thank you. So it's really, uh, it's really great that you're in our area, and uh, and you just won the uh, award from the uh, Appalachian Alliance, Mountain Empire Alliance, Arts Alliance as one of our uh, one of our very honored local artists. So uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been quite an honor to be recognized by one's community is very, very special. Well, keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> Betsy, did you have anything else? Or... No, we just appreciate your being interviewed, Suzanne, and wish you great luck with the book. Thank you. <laughs>